This is Unclaimed Bands, show 50. Hey music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight we're interviewing Ashes of Our Sins, and we have with us Tommy Hayes. Tommy, thank you for uh, taking your time out to join us. Thank you for calling me. <laughs> yeah, the miracle's a phone, huh? <laughs> So you know you wouldn't you wouldn't know that actually we're probably closer geography wise than than this new really calls for, but schedules sometimes conflict. So, um, well, you know, we first thing I want to ask. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I know, right? I, I wouldn't even know where where do you pick up that handbook at on learning how to do that. <laughs> we have the fire department up before that happens. <laughs> uh, so hey, the first question I wanted to ask was, um, you know, how did you guys all meet? Uh, basically, I guess right now with the two members, uh, me and Izzy, we uh, we actually met uh, on the, what's that site called? Um, Truefish.com. No, we uh, we met on Facebook. <laughs> um, I was I'm a fan of uh, Jackie Bam Bam, and uh, I saw a picture of him and Jackie together, and you know I was always very like as you know, Ashes of Our Sins is really into the image. So I always grew up, you know, the long hair and wearing the makeup and everything. And then I see this guy, and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I don't see many people around the area around my age dressing the way that I dress and dressing the way he dresses. So I took a chance and I just um, basically shot him a message because at the time. It was me, uh, another member called, uh, named Sky, and Keith on the drums, and uh, we were looking for another guitar player. So I was like, "Yo, man, you know, I don't know if you're interested, but here's our band because we had one song recorded at the time called Take This to Your Grave." And I was like, "If you're interested, uh, come and join." And so he came up, auditioned. He was beyond fantastic, and um, you know that's how we met, basically. Huh. Okay, now I I think why don't we take a take a moment here to let everybody know when you say the two of you right now you guys are in the midst of looking for a new drummer right yes okay so if anybody out there any drummer that's got any got any real worth make sure you contact Tommy hit him up on their Facebook page and uh, see if you can uh, see if you can cut the mustard and play with this band definitely someone who's talented yes. Cool. So, what was the? I have to ask you the, the genesis of the name. What was it? How did how did you come up with that name for the band? Because uh, it was something else at one point, right? <laughs> I guess in a way we didn't come up with it. No, we um, <laughs> we used to be called Sin Candy, and I always had a fascination of just having the word sin, and I don't know why I just wanted that word to be in the band. And um, like I said before, it was me, another guitar player, and another and. Keith, our former drummer, and we were talking about a band name, and we were, you know, I guess we were more on the glam side back then, back, I guess now it was two and a half years ago, so that's where Sin Candy came from, and after a while, people just started booking us over and over again, being like, oh, well, you know, you guys are that glam band, you're that glam band, and there's nothing wrong with it, but the thing is, we're so much more than that, that's only like one part of what we are. So mm-hmm. I felt like we were really painting ourselves in a corner with having that name. Um, so I was like, all right, we got to come up with something, I guess, a little harder sounding, a little bit more modern sounding. Um, 
and there's a band who we are hugely influenced by uh, called Endeavor After, and mm-hmm. they had a song called um, From the Ashes of Sin. So from there, we just took, originally it was going to be called Ashes of Sin, and then uh, someone else said, well, let's do Ashes of Our Sins, and that's how the band name became. Oh, cool, cool. I can see how the one name could kind of, you know, uh, pigeonhole you guys, yeah. unfortunately, with people's perceptions. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that's why that's why sometimes the name is a very, very important thing. It shouldn't be. You guys obviously addressed it, so that's cool. Can you can you talk a little bit about um, the songwriting process for the band? Like, how does it start? Yeah, um, it's actually, I'm not going to lie, every song has kind of been written the same exact way. Uh, originally, uh, before Adam joined, uh, it'd usually be like I would come up with the guitar parts uh, and the melody and everything. Um, and that's one thing that I loved about meeting Adam was I met a fellow songwriter. Um but it's funny because we don't necessarily write a lot of songs together. Um, what it usually is, like, I'll put it this way, Hate Me, Hate Me was, like, 95% written by Izzy. But then, like, Sinners and Saints was, like, 95% me, where usually it is, like, I'll come up with an entire song, bring it to him, and he'll fine-tune some things, and then it'll be the same where he'll come up with an entire song and then we'll just work on little parts together. And usually how it ends up being is whatever song he writes, he usually ends up singing. Whatever song I write, I usually end up singing. Uh, but mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, in recently, I should say, it's been becoming a bit more of a team effort. Um, like, you know, uh, I'll say about Dead Girls Never Say No, that's a song that, like, you know, I just came up with the chorus and then I showed Izzy the chorus and he loved it and we, I didn't really think anything was going to come of it because, you know, honestly it's kind of a cheesy chorus line and I can admit to it, but he really loved it so he <laughs> took it and wrote like the music over it and everything else over it. So, more so as the, I guess as we grow together we're starting to actually write together. Gotcha. That's cool. But it's kind of like more well, of a, um, we're also hugely influenced by KISS, and one thing I always realized about KISS is like, back then, if one member wrote a song, that member would usually end up singing the song, but that's how mm-hmm. it kind of has become with us. Well, that makes sense. So, you know, I mean, uh, whether you write it separately like that, and then someone fine-tunes it, I mean, whatever. I, I personally, I'm a, I'm a big fan of whatever gets the job done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it some some bands approach it the way you do. Others approach it where someone is a sole writer and other people just add their parts in. But it's just always kind of interesting to see how how this process takes place from band to band. You know, especially when you when you find yourself listening to the music. That's why I always, you know, I'm kind of curious about it. Yeah. Well, but I'll tell you what. What? Oh, okay. sorry. Go ahead. I no no no. Go ahead. What were we gonna say? Oh no, I was about to say. Uh, I think the one funny thing though about what you just said about like someone has to be the sole writer is like. Obviously, we're huge Molly Crew fans, and me and Izzy's favorite member was always Nikki Six, and he was, of course, the sole writer for all the songs of Molly Crew. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how we became where we both got into songwriting on our own. So it's almost like you have two people that wanted to be the sole writers, but we ended up just, you know, 
co-writing everything instead. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I think that, that that works as well too, because then the burden isn't on one person alone. Yeah. Uh, if you have two two strong people like that in any band, so that's that's a good thing. Um, but I'll tell you what, why don't we take a uh, pause here and listen to one of your songs? Um, what should we uh, What should we play for people? Uh, the first song I think you should play, man, is Sinners and Saints. Sinners and Saints. Okay, great. This is Sinners and Saints by Ashes of Our Sins.
you just heard Sinners and Saints by Ashes of Our Sins. Tommy, where can people uh, get this song? Where can they listen to it? You can either listen to it on our Reverb Nation, which is, of course, ReverbNation.com slash Ashes of Our Sins, or uh, we actually have a Reverb Nation locally hooked up to our Facebook. So if you go to our Facebook, and the, just Facebook.com slash Ashes of Our Sins, um, you can listen to all our music through there, and just please, before you do, hit the like button, and you can get all our live feeds of everything that is going on with us. All right, people, you heard where you can get it at. Go get it. And we and, also uh, uh, we also have a YouTube video for that song, Sinners and Saints, where um, it's more of a in a weird way, a picture slideshow where I ha- I am not computer computer uh, gifted at all, but I was able to make a slideshow so you can listen to the song on YouTube as well. Okay, cool. <laughs> so check out the YouTube channel then as well, people. Um, are you guys working on a new record? Yes. We are, as soon as we find a drummer, uh, we will be going into the studio. I would like to be going to the studio by July or August, at the latest August. Uh, we are probably going to re-record one or two songs and then record one or two new songs. Um, so, yes, we are going to be uh, hopefully going in the studio, recording a new EP, and then the obvious uh, step from there is just hopefully making a video and then sending them that sending that out, and hopefully someone bites and gives us a million dollars. That would be nice. <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about your musical influences? Yes. Um, well, of course, like I said, uh, me and Izzy's favorite band is Motley Crue. But the way I've always talked about Ashes of Our Sins is that we are we are a mix between Motley Crue both my Valentine and the Misfits, where we have hmm. we, you know, I grew up on, of course, the old I guess what you'd call hair metal, but through my dad, I also grew up on old thrash metal with like Metallica, and then through that, getting into the modern thrash, got really into both my Valentine and bands like that, uh, but also at the same time. A uh, band that I, we really got into was the Murder Dolls. Um, so that Murder Dolls, yeah. That through that became like my obsession with horror punk. So of course, whenever anyone gets into anything horror and punk, you automatically go to the Misfits. So that's where, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're so the, true. They're basically the creators and masters of horror punk, and in my opinion, no one's done it better since then. I would agree with you on that one. But, yeah, I mean, that's our influences. Um, a lot from 80s, 80s metal. Uh, you know, like I said, and then also with our image, uh, our image is a huge influence of, like I said, the Murder Dolls and the Misfits, but also uh, Alice Cooper is a huge influence on our stage show. Um, one thing I'll say about Ashes, and this in no way, shape, or form is putting down anyone, but I believe the one thing that sets us apart from every other local band is our stage show, because you go out to the bars, you go out to the local scene, and nobody is doing what we're doing. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, is yet to be seen, but 
for me, you know, that's the way I like it. It's like, you know, whether you liked us or didn't like us, I believe you remember us because of what what we did on that stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's 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 good to make sure that you know uh, bands that entertain on stage, yeah, they're few and far between. Uh, so it's always it's always refreshing to see that because uh, it is a it is a show you're seeing. Otherwise, you know, I just listen to what what you record it. So you know, you want to see something that's a little bit more you know adding that visual to it. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's I real good. I agree 100. percent I mean, there'll be people coming up to us and be like, "Wow, we haven't seen something like that in like years," and it's because I think people. I think people are ready, you know, and you got bands like, oh, I can't believe I forgot to say them for our influences, but Black Veil Brides, I mean, they have blown up, like, hugely in the past couple of years, and that's because I think people are finally getting bored of just the same old T-shirts and pants bands, and they're like, I want to see something, I want to show, you know, I want something mm-hmm. to go along with my music, you know, when I, I think people, you know, one thing Paul Stanley always said about Kiss in the 70s, as I think is now happening again in the late 2000, or 2013, um, where people are sick of paying their money for a show. And like you said, they're like, wow, I might as well have just watched or gone home and listened to the record because the show sucked. So I think people are ready to be entertained again. And, you know, you don't have to accept a sucky performance. Nope, exactly, you don't. Now, speaking of your shows, um, for all the different shows you've done, what's been the most memorable moment from any one of them? Ah, oh, memorable moment. God. Um, Take a second if you need to think about it. <laughs> um, you know, I have to say the most memorable show for us was definitely uh, playing with Wednesday 13 uh, out in Reading last year. Um you know, that's without a doubt been our biggest show we've done and, in my opinion, our best. And, you know, I can't think of the only... Okay, oh, no, you know what? I do have a memorable moment. Uh, we played the Truck Darrow uh, about three months ago, and uh, Dizzy comes out with the guitar at the end and starts smashing it. Well, I guess uh, on his last <laughs> smash... Uh, a piece of wood flies up and, like, cuts his finger wide open. And he's all backstage bleeding like a stuffed pig. And, <laughs> you know, I love I love him. He's, like, my best friend. But at the same time, I can be a dick sometimes. And <laughs> I just go up to him, and he's all, like, you know, in the corner trying to cover up his finger, trying to, like, put pressure on it. And I'm just like, you probably shouldn't have smashed that guitar at the end. And he just walked away. But and he's like, "Thanks, Tom." But you know, I guess that would be the most rock and roll moment. You know, smashing a guitar and then cutting yourself. I mean, when I tell you, he was cut like he was deep. I've never seen someone like trail blood from the stage to the back. Oh my god! (laughs) Uh, But he didn't miss the next gig, right? No, no, not at all. Oh, good. That's all that matters. Yeah. And he got to keep the finger, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it certainly uh, certainly changed the career of uh, Tony Iommi, you know, yeah, <laughs> a little no, finger injury. Yeah, maybe we'll become, you know, next Black Sabbath with that. We'll just all cut our fingers off and see where that leads us. 
No, that would be true so, horror punk. We'll do that on stage. We'll bring horror, in real life horror, on stage and just start cutting our fingers off. <laughs> a bloodletting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It'll look like the front part of the stage will look like a Gallagher show. People will be covered in plastic just so they don't get splashed. We'll make uh, we'll make Ramstein look like Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you on a slightly serious note on your on your bio. Yes. Okay. It's been described that you, Ashes, Ashes of Our Sins has been described as the band American Youth has been dreaming about. Can you talk a little bit about your views on the local music scene? Oh man, I uh, I don't know what to say. I uh, well, I guess I'll just be truthful, man. My views on the local scene is that there are a few bands that are awesome, really good, um, and I'm gonna name those bands for me. Uh, put throw out my boys: Loaded Gun, Juliet's Vice, Sinner Saints, uh, Mach Twenty Two. Like I've known Damien from that band for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then our boys up in uh, the Wilkes-Barre, our Curse of Sorrow. There's a few bands, and sorry if I missed a few, but there are a few bands that are really getting it right, I think, in the rock and roll scene. And to me, a lot of other bands just are really... It's like... It's like if you went and saw a lot of, a lot of shows to me, it's like if they have four bands on, I went I and I went outside, stepped outside, and then the next band came on from the last band. You, I wouldn't know the difference between gotcha. both bands. I mean, yep. you know, and maybe it's just not my preference. But one thing I've noticed in the Philadelphia scene is that there's a big, like, it's either three types of bands. There's either like a lot of hardcore bands a lot of death metal bands or a lot of, I want to say, disturbed type bands. And you know what? Um, oh, and another band I wanted to throw out there that's always been good to us was Travia. Um, okay. But, yeah, um, a lot of these bands, though, man, they just, I feel like they're kind of going through what, they're kind of just going with what's popular at the moment. And... You know, if that's what they're truly into, that's what they're truly into. But like I said, and I really don't mean to sound conceited saying this, but that's what I truly believe separates us from a lot of other people is that we go out there and do what, as far as I can see, we are doing what no other Philadelphia, New Jersey, or Delaware band is doing at the present moment. A couple bands up in New York are doing it, New York City, but other than that, you know, we are the only band in Philadelphia doing it at the moment. Bringing, gotcha. like, the, an actual, you know, because we could, you know, there's, like, bands like Steel Panther that do it as a parody, but we're doing it because this is actually what we truly love and truly want to do. Mm-hmm. The you're, you're following your passions and what you want to do and not just something that is commercialized. Yes, exactly. I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I wanted to make it big, you know, I'd just put on flannel and a cowboy hat and start singing country because that's what's done. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, we're doing it because we're artists and we're following what we truly believe in. Cool. 
cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, why don't we take a listen to another one of your songs? All right. Um, what are we going to hear? Play Dead Girls Never Say No. Oh, great. Love that song. <laughs> okay, this is Dead Girls Never Say No by Ashes of Our Sins. Easy, move that shovel over. All right, I got it, man. Keith, did you remember the crowbar this time? Yeah, it's right here. Yo, check this bitch's box out, man. Yo, I can't wait to get a slice of her. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, dude. Damn, dude, they don't make these fuckers like they used to. Nothing like rigor mortis on a Friday night, huh, boys?
There's our girl. Oh, holy Fuck. shit! That ain't no bitch, that's a dude. Mmm, more for me then. Just heard Dead Girls Never Say No by Ash of Our Sins. Tommy, tell me, where can people get the latest news for the band? What's the best place to go? Uh, the best place to go for latest news is, without a doubt, the Facebook. Uh, we are cliche like that, and we don't have an official website. <laughs> but yes, we uh, just go on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Ashes of Our Sins, and you will find everything that you need to know. It's, we're constantly following up with live feeds about what we're doing next, where we're going to be, um, and basically what is up and coming for us. I mean, I know we've kind of been on the DL since early April, I think, when you and I last talked in person. Um, okay. Uh, I should say playing-wise, out there playing. Yeah. Um, but, and honestly, we've been, me and Izzy have just been writing tunes, uh, auditioning people, um, and also focusing on, we uh, are filling drummer for next show coming up and um as soon as we find someone which hopefully like i said will be sometime in may by late june early july uh we plan on being in the studio and by you know as soon as the drummer gets everything down um hopefully at around the same time late june early july we'll be out playing shows again and doing what we do best or worst, depending cool. on what you think. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, can't wait to see you guys again live. Um, now, the song uh, Dead Girls Never Say No. I love that song. I think it's great. Um, what was the inspiration for that song? Oh. <laughs> you know, you're going to think I'm lying to you, but I'm being 100% truthful. <laughs> um, the melody of the chorus... Yeah. I'm going to kind of speak for Izzy, too, because of what he's told me. But for me, like I said, um, when I came up with the melody for the chorus, it was actually influenced by the Supremes. I'm not joking at all. Okay. I, I am, I, and I will be out there with everyone. I'm, I actually really am a big Supremes fan. And I would, like, sometimes I would make, like, I guess melodies like the 50s, in 60s pop groups because uh -huh. you know, that shit's awesome. I just <laughs> um, oh yeah, but you know I would make up melodies and I was making up this like making up melody after listening to Supremes and then at the same time I was like um, at the same time I think we were just booked on the Wednesday 13 show. This was like a month prior to last year's show. Like I was talking about writing. Um, so I was starting to listen to like a bunch of, I guess what they call horror Billy or horror rockabilly and started listening to a bunch of horror stuff uh, again because, you know, I'm getting pumped for this show because we just got booked. So that's where it came in, Dead Girls Never Say No. So I came up with this melody that I'm just like humming along to and then suddenly I'm just going, Dead Girls, Dead Girls Never Say No. And then... It just went from there, and it's funny because that that original, um, I guess, course I was gonna give to my boys up in Curse of Sorrow. I was gonna be like, say to my friend Nick Necro, like, "Yo, you know, if you want, like, if you want to do anything with this, go ahead." 
And I think a day before, though, I showed it to Izzy. And then, like, a couple days later, um, I guess he had it stuck in his head and just starts, he just takes that and just starts writing all the music and the, I guess, the verses to it. And I told him about, like, what I did, like, saying to Nick, hey, if you want it. And he was like, no, like, tell Nick, we already have it. Because, and then he shows me the song and that's where it's, that's where it came from. That's great. Well, it's a good thing you didn't get to give it away, because so, I really do like that song. Basically, the Dead Girls I've ever seen now is Murder Dolls mixed with the Supremes in the end. <laughs> That's great. Which That's I don't great. think has been done before. <laughs> no, no. I uh, I can't can't say I've heard anyone ever describe that combination before. But, so that's but I will cool. say that. I will say this, my liking of the Supremes and bands like the Ronettes came from bands like the Misfits and the New York Dolls, which mm-hmm. if you, like I've seen a lot of interviews with Jerry Olney and uh, David Johansson of the New York Dolls, they'll both say like uh, that they grew up listening to that stuff. Like a, and if you go back and listen to a lot of Misfits stuff, if you slow it down, it sounds just like, you know, old Motown. <laughs> and same thing with uh, the New York Dolls. You know, I, obviously, you know, looking at us, we, you know, I took my, a lot of stuff I listened to was taken from other bands I listened to. So, like I said before, we're huge Motley Crue fans. So with that, I started getting into, okay, well, what influenced Motley Crue? And through that, I found the New York Dolls. And through that, I was like, well, what influenced the New York Dolls? And that's how I found, you know, the Ronettes and the Supremes. Yeah, just connecting the dots back like that. That's Basically, cool. Yeah. You know, and I think that's very important to do. Find out where, what influenced your idols. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always go, you know, we can get a little closer to the source. Exactly. Cool. Well, here's a fun little question for you that we ask uh, ask some bands every once in a while or individual people. If tomorrow you could go to Fantasy Bandcamp, Fantasy Bandcamp, who would you want to be your... You ever heard of it? Uh, oh, is that like Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp? Or yeah, Fantasy? yeah, okay. Rock and Roll... F- yep, okay. If you, could go, if you could go to that, who would you want to be your teacher? Who would I want to be my teacher? Um... Probably Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, I got to hear why. Um, probably because how do I say this in a good way? You ever see those student teacher affairs? Oh yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, I just want to really know how to write. Really good hits. Okay. <laughs> yes, but I will. I will say this. Um, I know I am completely ruining the image of myself, but yes, Taylor Swift is my number one. I guess what you would say, pop crush. So yes, either her or uh, either her or uh, I would dig up Sid Vicious and hang out with him. <laughs> Wow, what a choice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I think you've saved your image. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All 
Okay, so my last question is, what's next for Ashes of Our Sins? I know you have another show coming up. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Yes, we have um, May 23rd at the Trocadero. It's going to be uh, one of the bands, I think they're local as well, uh, Dark Disco Club is playing. Uh, another band that I guess is on tour with Wednesday 13 uh, called Vampires Everywhere, which um, a side note about them is that they have an awesome name because that's actually... Did you ever see the movie Lost Boys? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's where they got their name from. Because when Corey Feldman gives Corey Haynes a comic book, the comic book is called Vampires Everywhere. So, oh, cool. Yeah, so I know I sound like a huge nerd, but I'm a huge Lost Boys fan, so... Very cool on them. Um, but obviously, like I said, um, the main person that most people go see is uh, Wednesday 13. Uh, he used to sing in the Murder Dolls, uh, which had uh, Joey Jordison of Slipknot playing guitar mm-hmm. for them. Um, but yes, Wednesday 13 at the Trocadero, May 23rd. Uh, tickets are $15. And if anybody wants tickets, they should message us on... Ashes of Our Sins Facebook or um, contact Izzy or myself under Tommy Hayes T-O-M-M-Y space H-A-Y-Z-E Cool. Alright, everybody got that information out there? Make sure you check check them out on the 25th. It should be a great show. 23rd. Oh, excuse me, 23rd. 23rd. Don't, don't listen to me, listen to Tommy. Um, you know what? It's the 23rd. I'm looking at the calendar right here. Yeah, it is the 23rd. It's the 23rd. So. If I said the 25th, yep. I'm a fucking idiot, Bill. May so. 23rd. <laughs> no, I think I just screwed it up, not you. Oh, okay. Well, you're not an idiot, but I would be if I said the 25th. Uh, well, that's debatable about my idiot. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, look, I want to uh, say thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, call in like this. I really appreciate it. Oh, Bill, thank you for and, having uh, me, man. Looking forward to seeing the show on the 23rd. Yep. Trying to free my schedule up to make sure I can make it. That's what I mean. But if I can't, no excuse for anybody else out there listening to this. One thing I'll say about this is it's a great fucking way to uh, start off your Memorial Day weekend. Because it's the Thursday into Memorial Day weekend. Very true. Very true. So. Cool. Well, once again, thank you. Uh... Everybody out there, this has been Sean from Unclaimed Bands. Uh, Until next time. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiary.